Hey yogis, something that I used to struggle with a lot when I first started my yoga business was pricing out my private yoga sessions. So many of us yoga teachers are unsure of how to create and structure our business. As a new or even as a seasoned yoga teacher, at some point along the journey, you may struggle with where to find potential private clients and what to charge them, just like I did. That's why I created a free tool I call the Price Calculator. In this free video course, you're gonna learn how to reverse engineer your goals in order to figure out how to build and price your offers so you can start growing your business today. I'll show you how to calculate the cost and the overhead of your yoga business, analyze the profitability of a yoga niche, create your own profit margins, and more. Let's align your offer with your ideal yoga client so you can serve at your highest. Go to yogabizacademy.com tools. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash tools. Now back to this amazing episode. Okay, so you're looking to start teaching yoga in the corporate world, and maybe you're not really sure of how to make that transition from the yoga studio into the boardroom or into any office setting. Today, I'm gonna give you some insights and some tips as to how you can successfully make that transition and secure some corporate clients and corporate wellness partnerships with ease. The corporate world really is a whole different energy than the yoga studio or even your one-on-one -on -one private yoga sessions. When you step out of the yoga studio, there are some things that you're gonna need to be aware of in order to make sure that you're connecting with your audience, your clients, or your students. In this case, we're talking about a really diverse group of people working in an office environment together, all with different needs, coming from different backgrounds and walks of life, different ages. Some may have practiced yoga once, and some may be Ashtanga lovers, and others maybe don't even know what yoga is. So in order to create a multi-level, accessible, fun, and safe yoga experience, I've rounded up a list of do's and don'ts for your corporate yoga classes so that you can secure some amazing, well-paying, and long-lasting partnerships. Hey guys, very quickly, I just wanted to ask if you're following us on Instagram. If you're not, there's two accounts I'd love for you to check out. The first is our brand account, at Yoga Biz Academy where you'll see mini clips of these episodes along with tons of extra brand-related events, yoga business tips, and featured teacher testimonials from some of our favorite members and course program alumni. If you're interested in following me personally, that's at Amanda X Pause, where you can see some behind the scenes of my coaching business and day-to-day -day running this YouTube channel and podcast. And if you wanna just come over and chat with me, that's gonna be the place to do that. So the links are gonna be in the description box for both accounts. I'd love for you to come and chat over there and hopefully you'll check them out. All right, let's jump right into it and start with number one. Do provide and sign proposal, contracts, and liability waivers. If you're not already doing this with your one-on-one -on -one private yoga clients, you really, really need to be. As soon as you come to an agreement of terms, make sure that you have these documents signed by both parties, that's you and them before teaching your very first class. Remember, you are running a business, and so having all of the right paperwork signed is not only important for liability reasons, but also for clarity as to what is expected from both parties. Presenting the company with this package from the beginning will ensure that you are protected and respected as a business and as an individual, and that you are treated as such. All of these are really simple to create and you can do a quick Google search and create a quick proposal on Canva, on QuickBooks or wherever it is that you happen to do your accounting. You can also check out sites like rocketlawyer.com 
and they will draft a basic contract for you. Although most companies will have you sign their contract since they're the ones hiring you. Make sure that you ask for this if they don't offer. Protect your business, protect your business, protect your business. And lastly, when it comes to liability waivers, whatever insurance company you are signed with will have a basic liability waiver that you can print out and have them sign as well. I'll say this one more time, protect your business. Once you do this for the first time, it will get much easier because you're gonna save all of these beautiful templates in a Google folder in your Google Drive and you're just gonna interchange the names as you move along with different companies. Number two, don't wear your booty shorts. The way that you dress at the yoga studio is gonna be very different from the way that you dress at a company. You wanna make sure that you're wearing neutral clothing, nothing that's too loud, avoid distracting pieces that may result in a wardrobe malfunction. Avoid wearing short shorts, low cut shirts, graphic tees, any bright neon colors. Maybe consider leaving the mala beads and the unicorn pants at home. <laughs> Seriously though, the first thing you wanna think about is that first impressions are everything and you can really disarm someone or scare them away based on your attire. We're human, we all do this. As much as we want to be non-judgmental, it really only takes us 27 seconds to make a first impression of someone, according to research. A study among 2,000 Americans examining the art of first impressions found that seven in 10 Americans, that's 69%, form a first impression on somebody before they even speak. So you wanna make sure that you look professional so that you're taken seriously and so that you allow everyone who will be in office attire or changing in and out of office attire, an opportunity to feel safe, comfortable, and relate to you. Number three, do show up so fresh and so clean. I really wish I didn't have to mention this one, but apparently it's not as obvious as I thought. Showing up clean and smelling good is not as common sense as you would think. Listen, I live in Miami. It's hot almost all of the time, which means that we get sweaty. If you're coming from teaching another private or a class, or honestly just walking to and from your car, you're gonna get sweaty. Maybe you have time to take a shower in between sessions. Honestly, mostly you won't. So as a safety net, you should always carry cleansing wipes, non-toxic deodorant, a change of clothes, some essential oils, and the truth is you're gonna get sweaty, right? Coming to and from sessions. So you may think that you smell okay, but I promise you, you really, really don't. And there's nothing more distracting than having to be in the presence of someone for an hour or more who smells awful. It's just inconsiderate and it will definitely create a bad impression. So please, please, please bring a change of clothes and you're going to do everybody. It's going to be for the greater good. Make sure also, this goes without saying, that your face, your hair and your nails are clean. Pull back your hair away from your face so that you're not choking on strands of hair as you inhale into upward facing dog. And make sure there's no dirt under your fingernails. Take a look in the mirror. Before you step out of the car, just look in the mirror and make sure that you're not still wearing that golden milk latte mustache. Look, I'm not here to say you need to lose your personality or what makes you unique like your style. This is all to say you need to look presentable, relatable, and it should be very clear that you take care of yourself, your body, and your health. You are a yoga teacher in the wellness space. For many of your clients or your students, you will be a daily inspiration and maybe even a guiding light on their wellness journey. 
Cleanliness is loving your vessel. It is honoring your temple. It is self-care. Number four, don't play music that is distracting. You wanna make sure that the music you're playing is pretty neutral. Obviously pick music that aligns with your class, your energy, your sequence, but try to avoid lyrics as they can be distracting and maybe even trigger some negative emotions in others without you knowing. Play to your crowd, but as a basic rule of thumb, I'd avoid songs with any chanting, any lyrics in general, and most definitely explicit lyrics. Nothing that's too sexy or too aggressive. Remember, this is the workplace. If you want a few playlists that I use in my classes that are pretty neutral, I'll link some in the description box below. Number five, don't use Sanskrit. This is a big one. You want to avoid using Sanskrit. Remember, these aren't yogis you're speaking to. These are likely beginners being introduced to the world of yoga for the first time. In order to make the practice accessible and enjoyable, you want to cue body movements instead of cueing pose names. Even if you're using the English terms, honestly. After a few classes, if you want to introduce the English terms, go for it. But I really, really encourage you to stick to cueing body movements. It's just more accessible for people. So for example, instead of saying downward dog, right side, warrior two, I would say something like lift your hips up and back into downward dog. From here, step the right foot forward, spin the back heel down and lift the arms up into warrior two. Relax the shoulders and bend into the front knee. People can follow along if you cue slowly and cue less, right? Another example would be instead of calling it Shavasana, calling it final resting pose. Number six, do a short Shavasana. On that same note, keep Shavasana or final resting pose short. Generally speaking, remember that you're with a group of beginners here. You want to start off short, maybe two to three minutes max. You can slowly progress them into longer meditations or longer shavasanas, longer final resting poses from there. The better they become comfortable with sitting still. Remember, this can be really hard for people at the beginning. Although this is probably what they need the most, right? It is also the part that they will feel the most uncomfortable with if you leave them there way too long or longer than they can manage. And the last thing you want is for them to leave feeling uncomfortable because they won't come back. And if they don't come back, then the company, the business, they won't keep hiring you to teach these corporate classes. Another thing to consider is that most of these classes will be about 60 minutes long. So even with a really advanced group, I would stick to seven to 10 minutes max for these final meditations, final resting pose, final shavasanas. Unless it's a meditation class, then that's a whole different scenario. Number seven, don't use essential oils without consent first. If you're thinking about using essential oils in your class, which I would, I would clear this first with the company or whoever is your point of contact at the company. Just make sure that they allow it. And as far as using it in class, even if the company allows it, I would begin every class by asking if anyone's allergic to the specific oil that you're gonna be using and or if anyone wants to try some. You can start with a relaxing oil like lavender and explain the benefits and then maybe give them a drop in their, to their palm, have them rub it in between their hands, smell it, maybe rub on the arms, the back of the neck. But not all oils are created equal. You want to make sure that you're using a good quality, well-sourced company like doTERRA, like Young Living. A lot of other oil companies have tons of chemicals and carrier oils in them 
in order to stretch it out, to preserve it. And all of these can really cause allergic reactions in so many people, even though the bottle says 100% pure lavender or peppermint. The key thing to remember here is to educate and to always, always ask for consent first. Don't just put an oil on someone. Number eight, don't undervalue your sessions. I've mentioned this in other videos and it's important to mention here. When working with corporations or businesses, the value you're providing to the company and to their employees is huge. As wellness entrepreneurs, and especially, especially as yoga teachers, we often undervalue what we do. Well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do that anymore, especially not with corporate clients. If you're wondering how to figure out what to price your private one-on-one -on -one sessions, I've created a price calculator that I'll link below in the description box as well. And I take you through some action steps and some key indicators to consider to help you decide what your price point should be. But as a general rule of thumb, you should at least one and a half to two times the price of your private yoga sessions for your corporate classes. So if your private sessions are $100, I would say the corporate ones should be at least 150. And this all depends on the packages. It depends on the amount of value that you're gonna be providing. It really depends on how you structure that out. But as a general rule of thumb, kind of a base point, I would say 1.5 to 2X your one-on-one -on -one sessions. Number nine, do collaborate to create more abundance. As you get more comfortable in the corporate world, in an office setting, or maybe you already are, you can begin to put together a bigger package that has more value and maybe include other wellness talks, meditation only classes. You can even bring in other wellness specialists under your program and have them educate and provide value to the company. This can look like maybe bringing in a nutritionist, a massage therapist, a personal trainer, a meditation coach, a life coach, and the list goes on. You can either partner with them from the beginning and split the programming up for the month, let's say, or simply hire them as an independent contractor and give them a cut of the session. This is a really good way of keeping the company and its employees interested, excited, and continue working with you. Number 10, do check competitiveness at the door. This one, I always find myself having to bring up with beginners, which includes corporate clients, athletes as well. I always like to mention that they should approach their yoga practice with about 60% of their maximum strength or effort or flexibility. Unless you're teaching a power class, in which case the recommendations or the requirements are gonna be a little bit different, the energy is a little bit different. I want my clients to know that they shouldn't be trying so hard in yoga, that a lot of the benefits of this practice are in approaching it less aggressively, stepping away from the goal of achieving certain poses or depth in poses, and instead listening to the body and moving in a way that feels good and nourishing. And you can't really do that when you're thinking about winning in yoga class. Most people won't take this approach unless you give them permission to, and you don't really have to give them permission to relax, right? But sometimes they need to hear it. Sometimes it really helps if you say it out loud. It relieves them the pressure of feeling like they have to perform. Number 11, do arrive on time. This goes for all of your meetings, sessions, events. In life and in business, you should be on time. This is just a base level way of showing that you respect someone's time and energy. Your corporate yoga sessions, 
typically will be scheduled between probably around lunchtime and at the end of the day, in which case you should be even more mindful of the fact that people are probably need to get back to work or ready to make it home for dinner. Start and end on time always. Number 12, do give modifications without props. You probably won't be using props in your corporate yoga classes because you won't be lugging them around heavy blocks and straps and bolsters. And the company likely doesn't have a yoga studio set up. So be mindful of that as you sequence and cue all of your classes. You want to give modifications for everything and make sure everyone is moving through the movements, through the poses safely with this in mind. Number 13, do program around typical office body aches. Remember, you're working with people who likely sit at a desk for eight hours or more a day. Think about what that does to the body and how you can sequence your class in a restorative way, addressing certain problem areas or pain points like low back pain, shoulder pain, carpal tunnel, wrist tendonitis, uh, upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, tight hip flexors, weak glutes, and the list goes on. Show up with the idea to work with all of these into your class. I love starting every class by asking everyone in there how they're doing and if there's anything they'd like to focus on or work on during class. One, it's a great way to interact, connect, and speak with your students or clients and make them feel special. And two, it will give you a little insight into their mind, their body, their energy, and how you can best show up for them that day. Number 14, don't forget to offer online. Don't be afraid to offer an online program of Zoom yoga and maybe some Zoom meditation classes as well. A lot of businesses are still working from home now and maybe in the future. And it can be a great opportunity for you to fill in those gaps in your daily schedule while offering an amazing program for businesses that need a wellness program for at-home employees. So that's it, that's all I have for today. These are some helpful tips you can use in order to land and secure corporate wellness clients and really help support your income. I hope you got some great takeaways from these do's and don'ts when teaching corporate yoga. Let me know in the comments if you have any questions and what your thoughts are and if you enjoyed the content here today. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. My name is Amanda Paz and our mission at Yoga Biz Academy is to help yoga teachers create wealth from their wealth of experience, knowledge, and healing tools, and create a full-time living through their yoga business. If you wanna join a community of entrepreneurial yoga teachers like you, who wanna grow their business in a way that feels aligned and abundant, head to facebook.com slash groups slash Yoga Biz Academy, where you can expect to receive support, weekly tips, and insights in order to inspire you, help you succeed, and overcome any obstacles you may come across in your business. That's it for now, see you next week. If you're like me and thousands of other yoga entrepreneurs, you probably find invoicing tiresome. It takes time and it leads to an even more tiresome task, chasing down clients for payment. The free invoice templates from FreshBooks have really helped me stay organized and they're quick and simple to fill out. They also help me clearly communicate how and when I wanna be paid. I love being able to download FreshBooks free invoice templates in formats like Word, Excel, PDF, Google Docs, and Google Sheets, and then I get to customize them however I like. You can find tons of examples in their free invoice template gallery. As a special gift to Yoga Biz Academy listeners, you can use FreshBooks free for 30 days. Just go to yogabizacademy.com backslash FreshBooks to access your free 30-day trial today. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash F-R-E-S-H-B-O-O-K-S. FreshBooks, easy to use account software built for small businesses.